you're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Guess who's on the line with us? Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. All right. Dr. Ribeye. <laughs> Jimmy, you there? Evening, ladies. Well, hey, why don't we, uh, let's just start talking, and I'll just figure out in, in the recording where to start for the podcast. Um, cool. So... I guess we'll start OSU Wisconsin. In the last pod, we kind of we, we started uh, with some other Big Ten Big Ten games going around the you know around the the country. And this is a buck, and this is a Buckeye podcast. So that, that's true. Move us to good. start with the Buckeyes. Good point. Good, good point. Good point. <laughs> Keep the main thing the main thing, right? Um, right there. So we got. So Chad, you 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 keep a pretty close watch on the line. Last I saw, it was fourteen and a half. Is that still OSU minus fourteen yeah, and a half? Yeah, Yep. Still 14 and a half. So I, and as Tim mentioned a little bit earlier, it's supposed to pour rain down in uh, Columbus I, on Saturday. I heard about this. 90 to 100% chance of rain is what I've heard. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Fields has been throwing wet balls all week. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I heard uh, Joel Klatt talking about this game. Now, granted, he's doing the game, right? He's, do- he's on the broadcast. He's on the call. Him and for, Goss. Yeah, yeah. For, for Fox. It's their big noon kick. So, you know, he has to be careful about what he says, and he has to be very measured in, in his preview of the game. Like, you know, for instance, Kirk Herbstreit almost never does, like, pregame interviews for, for games that he's calling, and, of course, he doesn't give predictions. But um, I heard Klatt say something, and I've seen this out there, which just it just doesn't make any sense to me, which is that most people, and I think probably all of us today on this podcast – didn't think Wisconsin had much of a chance in this game to begin with. And and I think a lot of people saw it that way. And then they lose to Illinois. And this is Klatt's rationale. The fact that they lost to Illinois makes them more dangerous on Saturday. And I'm like, okay, but if you didn't think they had a chance to beat Ohio State, and then they lose to Illinois, a team they were favored to beat by, by 31, and how does that, in your mind make them more dangerous. And I get it, you know, that they're going to be angry. They're going to be, you know, or it might give them an opportunity to fix some things that, that were broken. But I don't know, if you weren't a big believer in Wisconsin to begin with, then they lose to a team that they should have beat. Uh, that, to me, in my mind, I don't know. I don't see how that makes them a more dangerous opponent in this game. I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Chad? I'll be honest with you, Z. I, I'm really not concerned about Wisconsin. I can see kind of where people are coming from, you know, Oh, they're going to come all pissed off with a chip on their shoulder and, you know, try to prove to the whole country that they are legit, you know. But, uh, I mean, I just don't, I don't see that defense being able to uh, stop, the, you know, slow our offense down. So, And on the flip side of that, you know, their offense is pretty one-dimensional. And I like, uh, I like the linebackers and the defensive line in that game, you know. So, I, I really – I'm not worried about it. I think they covered the spread easily. Okay. Jimmy. What do you think? It's been a while. It's good to have you back on. How do you see? Uh, just give me your initial impressions of how you see this game. Um, 
All right. So first of all, let's get something clear here. The podcast was originally my idea. <laughs> I just didn't know. I, I just didn't know that my presence was a requirement for the podcast. Oh well, it's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's nice to have you on, Jimmy. Thanks for joining us. It's always yeah, a pleasure, yeah. buddy. Thanks for your presence, Jimmy. Get to your pick. <laughs> Thank you, <Paul. laughs> Settle down. Man. Settle down. All right. So, you know, I can look at this two ways, Zach. And I'm looking at the Wisconsin game from last week, and I'm thinking to myself, is that an Ohio State, Purdue, or Iowa moment? Mm-hmm. Or are they just not that good? And I tend to think that they're probably just not that good. And, of course, we'll find out Saturday, right? Oh, yeah. So, look, I'm taking the bucks. If you want the line, I'll give you the line, and I'll give you my pick. Um, Or we can cover that later. But I really think that's something that we should discuss. Did they go into the Illini game thinking that, you know, this is Purdue, this is Iowa, you know, we can just roll these guys? But, and they just got caught on their back heels? Or are they as good as they were the previous five or six games? I think they're 6-0. and um, We're 7-0. and They're 6-0. and So the previous five, or they were going into that game. Right. Are they a 6-0 and team? Or did they just, you know, have a mind melt there? You know, that's kind of what I'm struggling with. Yeah. Well, I certainly thought that there seemed to be some signs that that maybe some some signs that maybe they weren't quite as good as you know the six and zero record and the four shutouts and the where their defense ranks. I mean, they rank you know among the top three or four in most of the really important defensive categories. But I look back to the way they played against Northwestern, and that game was in Madison, and they ended up winning that game twenty four fifteen. Um, they had a, they jumped out to an early kind of a, a big lead. Northwestern made a comeback, but in the end, Northwestern actually ended up outgaining Wisconsin. That game it was like two fifty five to two forty three, um, and uh, they they held Wisconsin to two hundred and forty three yards of total offense in Madison. So if you're looking at common opponents, and I know you can't always the transitive property doesn't always apply here, but I do think it is somewhat revealing. If you look at how Wisconsin played against Northwestern a few weeks ago, uh, they ended up getting the win, but Northwestern really limited them offensively and, and ended up outgaining them. So I tend to agree with you. I, I think it's more that Wisconsin is not quite as good as these early games would suggest. And if you look at how Illinois won that game, and we talked about this on the last pod, I mean, Illinois was, they were controlling that game in the second half. They were actually running at will uh, against, well, I don't say it will, but they were very effective running the ball in the second half, and they actually ripped off some expo- explosive plays as well. They had a, a 48-yard touchdown, a 43-yarder, a 30-yarder, and they had another long one called back because of an ineligible man downfield. So Illinois was really kind of hitting them all, at, you know, all over the place in the run game and in down and downfield in the passing game. So uh, yeah, I tend to I tend to agree with you that maybe this this. This Wisconsin team's kind of a paper tiger. Tim, what do you what do you see initially here in, in this matchup? I don't see anything differently than what you guys have said. I mean, I, I said it last week. I think Wisconsin is a solid Big Ten team. I think they've had the luxury of being in the West 
which has allowed them to win the conference a bunch over the last few years. But typically what's happened, right? They, they win the West and then they get rolled by us. So that's <laughs> what I see happening again. Um, and, you know, I think they're, they're decent. They're, they think that they're a solid team. But I think Ohio State is an elite team. And I don't think uh, that – I think Wisconsin will give them a better game than maybe Ohio State's had to date. Um, I, could, I could see it being reasonably close at halftime. Uh, maybe, maybe Ohio State doesn't absolutely obliterate them in the second quarter like they do have done every other team. Um, so maybe it's something like 21-10 at halftime and the game's not totally out of, out of whack. But I totally think they cover the spread. And, you know, I just don't think they have the athletes to run with Ohio State for four quarters. Matt, how do you see this one? What do you think? So, so everything changes because now they're mad. I mean, were right. they, what, so, so what? So they that, 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 that sense of where was where's that sense of anger when they were when the game was close against Illinois? Does it just take their angry engine like five days to warm up, and now they're they're like, oh, now we're, now we're pissed. I, I don't. The thing is, is like, yeah, it's like uh, I don't believe Michigan looked at angry after after barely beaten Army. The thing is, it's like it, it doesn't really matter about Wisconsin. They could come and play flawless ball. It will take OS, OSU playing outside of their game or what they do well for this game to be close. I'm not even going to say a loss because they don't have a, enough weapons offensively and decent defensively. They have, they have what I call spot players that can, that can hurt you, but not, no one who can not a culmination of players or uh, that can really bring you down. So like Tim said, and I totally agree. They're, they're, they're not a middling team. They're, they're a good team and probably will, they will be the best team in terms of talent and skill that we have played yet. But, you know, it doesn't take much for us. I think that they're, that that's be played in rain is actually going to help them, but Mm. It's just going to keep the score a little less embarrassing, in my point of view. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, so I'm. I've. I've gone back and I, I pulled up the box score from the 2017 Big Ten title game. The, the, we played Wisconsin that game. We decided to to play J.T. Barrett on one good leg for some reason. I mean, you know, Dwayne Haskins had that great second half against Michigan a week before, but for some reason they decided to to play Barrett against Wisconsin the following week on a surgically repaired knee. But uh, I digress. I'm looking at the box score from that game, and this that Wisconsin team has a very similar profile to this Wisconsin team. Actually, I mean, it, Wisconsin's had the same profile for the last 20 years, but but between the the, the 17 team and the 19 team, very similar. Uh, I believe that Wisconsin team came into the the Big Ten title game as the number one statistically the number one ranked defense in the country, and you had Jonathan Taylor. They were you know he was their entire offense. The best, you know, in air quotes, the best running back in the Big Ten. Um, Ohio State in that game outgained Wisconsin 449 to 298. And you guys probably remember that JT Baird could not hit the broadside of a barn with a football that day. He missed a lot of open guys. It could have been a lot worse. Ohio State jumped out to like a 21-7 lead, and it looked like they were really going to blow it open. But Barrett just could not uh, hit the open man all night long, and that kept Wisconsin in the game. Uh, In that game, Jonathan Taylor finished uh, with uh, 41 yards on 15 carries. He averaged 2.7 yards a carry. Um, 
J.K. Uh, Dobbins in that game, uh, 174 yards and 17 carries. And I, I see this game playing out similarly uh, in those areas. Only Ohio State is much better at quarterback um, in the games in Columbus. And, and even with the rain, I mean, I think it's going to have to be a really torrential downpour with wind to really turn this into the kind of game that, that where Wisconsin has an advantage, right, where it has to be played in between the tackles, much like the 2015 Michigan State game in the shoe where the, the conditions were so bad that it had to be played you know, inside the tackle box the entire time. Tim, I don't need to remind you, you were there, you remember. Um, so that's kind of how I see, those are my initial impressions. Chad, how do you see this game? Uh, well, why don't you go ahead and give me your score prediction? All right, I see his score being Ohio State 48, Wisconsin 23. 48-23, Ohio State. All right. Yes. Jimmy? What's your score? Are we prediction? doing the over under as well, Zach? Sure, whatever we you want, yeah, sure. All right, Wetfield. Um, first half is going to be rough, but it's Fox thirty-five whiskey seventeen. Under over, I'm taking the over. Uh, under over is forty-nine. I'm going over. All right, over. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tim. <laughs> All right. Mr. Gallagher. Yes, sorry. Uh, I think it's 21-10 in the first half, and I think it's 38-17 at the end of the game. Cover the spread. 38. That's too close to my score, Tim. <laughs> what was your score? 35-17. Pay attention. <laughs> Are you going to hold a 38-17, uh, Tim? Is that your prediction? Yeah. All yeah, right. no, I'm going to be – Jimmy's going to be close, and I'm going to be right. What's this, right? <laughs> All right. Uh, wrong, bitch. <laughs> Matt? 38-13 is what I have written down. 38-13. <laughs> Price is wrong, bitch. <laughs> Fucking ripping me off. <laughs> And I can take a I can take a picture of my sheet. I got it written. Down. I wrote up my my predictions and stuff all on a sheet of paper. So I'm not going to waver waver from that. That's my part tonight. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a pick on behalf of my father-in-law Ken Meyer. He's actually here with me this week. We're having a bachelor's week while my my wife is is having a girls' week back in Michigan with her with her girlfriends. Thirty-four seventeen is is the way he sees it. Um, and I'm just thinking about mine right now. I'm going to say Ohio State 41, Wisconsin 14. Um, I like it. Yeah. Nice. I, I, I just, how's Wisconsin? I mean, if you've got, if you have Northwestern really limiting that Wisconsin offense in Madison, no less, and then you have Illinois holding them to 23. Now, I know Wisconsin was over 400 yards of offense in that game, and there were some turnovers late. It was a red zone turnover. But, you know, still, Illinois managed to hold that Wisconsin offense in check and, and hold them to 23 points, I believe. It was 24-23 was the final, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, this Ohio State defense is a different beast. And, and I think they're, they're focused this year. They're, they're, there's a whole new focus, a whole new energy about this team. And, and I think Ohio State's going to show that. I think, I think they're going to 
I think they're going to take it to Wisconsin, and, and I don't expect it to be close. 41-14. The one question I do have, though, is who is Jack Cohn, this, this quarterback? Who is this guy? He's completing 67% of his passes. He's got nine touchdowns and two INTs. He had a horrible interception that cost them the game last week. But I'm curious, like, who is this guy? I mean, if Wisconsin's going to have any chance in this game to keep it close or spring the upset, he's got to be exceptional. And well, it, what do you yeah. think, Matt? So, you know, what I was thinking is that he has a game that actually plays something into a strength with Ohio against Ohio State in terms of he doesn't overreach. He seems to do the short passes. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think it's a nice compliment to what Taylor can do because that's they're not trying to bite off more than they could chew. They could do get first downs and just move it along keeping Ohio State off the field, but I think he's the type of quarterback that could have success. He's not going to do any kind of grand play, but he's, 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 his accuracy is good enough to where he could, you know, you know, get like a string, a couple first downs in a row and, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe make things a little interesting. Right. Yeah. I mean, at first, when the season started and I watched him play just from the eye test, I was like, this guy, I mean, Wisconsin's going nowhere with this guy. But then as the season went along, you know, I'm looking at his completion percentage, and, and he did in, the, in their last couple games. He made some nice throws down the field. Um, to me, it looks like he's a classic pocket passer. He has to have a clean pocket to do what he does, to be as accurate as he is. And Ohio State's going to have to bring pressure. You know, obviously can't let him sit back there all day long. They can't let any quarterback do that. But I'm just curious. I, I just I feel like you know this guy's completing 76 percent of his passes. You know Wisconsin's six and one, but I, I still feel like we don't really know much about this guy. Um, so I'll be interested to see. I mean, he's the X factor in my mind if you're looking at it from Wisconsin's perspective, uh, because I think they're going to key on Taylor. I think they're going to take Taylor away. I, I think they're going to make Wis- anybody but Taylor uh, beat them. The Ohio State defense that is. So I'll be interested to see. I I think if they can get pressure on him. I'd like to see what kind of quarterback he is when he has to leave the pocket, throw on the run, when his first and second options aren't open, he has to go through his progressions. I don't know that he has had to do that much so far this season. That was the one big question I had about Wisconsin, because we all know what Taylor is, and we all know what Wisconsin likes to do. Um, So we'll see if Ohio State can get them out of their comfort zone. I tend to think they will. Um, Hey, guys, before we move on to Notre Dame, Michigan, are there any other comments on Ohio State, Wisconsin? Matt? You know, the, the, only thing, the only thing I would really say is that the, the, the matchup that I'm really looking forward to is uh, Zach Bond versus Dobbins, and I think that's one of the key to, to see uh, how well. Uh... All right, let's let them get to the fire. Oh, yeah, I think that's me. <laughs> that's all right. Just keep talking. Uh <laughs> Is seeing how J.K. does against Bond, who's been having a really great year, linebacker. You know, I think he's an inside linebacker. It's a, yeah, he, we could have if that if he can make if he can negate Dobbins' effect, then I think that that could be another interesting wrinkle. On the other flip side, if Dobbins is just takes the challenge of wanting to show that he's in a, he's a better runner mm-hmm. in the Big Ten in the country than Taylor, then this is his opportunity. And I'm leaning toward J.K jumping at that challenge and just ripping off a nice 150 plus game against him, even though it's going to be a little rainy. I think he'll still do what he has to do. I, I think if you're looking at 
Illinois, the way Illinois was able to run the ball in the second half against Wisconsin last week. So they're Illinois' top two backs. They, they're basically a two-back kind of offense. Uh, Reggie Corbin and Dre Brown, they combined for 153 yards uh, last week, 5.5 yards per carry. And, and I think if those guys in that offense are, getting, are having that kind of success against the Wisconsin front seven, one would think that that uh, you know J.K. Dobbins could could duplicate it. Well, the combination of Dobbins and Master Teague could could be at least as good as that. Um, and then you know if if there is weather and it's the conditions suck and Ohio State can't really get their passing game going, this could be a game where we see more of Justin Fields as a runner, and and that's kind of the one element that Ohio State has been reluctant to really showcase for obvious reasons, right? You got to keep him upright, but. Um, you know, this be this could be one of those games where we see a lot of of him as a runner. Um, just just you know, if Ohio State has to go into win mode, right, and just go get that go get the win, and throw style points out the window, then you know, then we see more of him as a runner. Guys, are there any other comments about uh, about this matchup before uh, we move on? Zach, yeah, Zach, Jimmy, I think, go, uh, go ahead. I I think we're missing something here. Yeah, you know, J.K. and uh, Jonathan Taylor's stats are almost identical yes i think uh, jk has give or take 950 yards jonathan taylor has and you can correct me if i'm wrong you know the stats zach i don't i think zach uh jk has 950 give or take Mm -hmm. jonathan taylor maybe 10 15 20 more yards than he has and jonathan taylor is in the heisman conversation now, is J.K. in the Heisman conversation? I think J.K. is going to come into this game with a chip on his shoulder, and he's going to make sure he blows Jonathan Taylor out of the water. And I think the defense is going to be on board to make sure that J.K. dominates this game. There you and go. shuts Jonathan Taylor down. It is always nice to have kind of that added motivation, right, where you have a guy or two that's disrespected and then the team rallies around that guy. Um, so uh, just to back you up here, Jimmy, I, I looked up the stats. So right now, Jonathan Taylor has 957 yards uh, rushing. Uh, Dobbins is just uh, 10 yards behind him at 947. They are number three and number four nationally uh, in rushing. However, J.K. Dobbins has 17 fewer carries and is averaging almost one yard, actually exactly one yard more per, per carry than, than Taylor. And we were talking about this on the pod last week. The thing about Taylor, and it's been a while, in his last three Big Ten games, he is, he's not had a lot of explosive runs. I think his longest run for scrimmage in his last three Big Ten games is only about 20 yards, 22 yards, which I think was last week against Illinois. Whereas Dobbins, you're seeing him break off those 65, you know, 70-yard runs He's just a lot more explosive, and you know he's getting far. He's getting f- fewer carries. I mean, the difference between right b- between the two of them in carries is 17 right now, and that's really a full game I- as far as Dobbins would be concerned. You give him 17 carries, that's equal to basically a full game, and uh, he's only 10 yards behind Taylor. I'm with you. I think Dobbins needs to be right there in the conversation uh, with Taylor as the best running back in the country. And and Zach, not to mention. We have three potential Heisman candidates on the field for this game. And, and, and l- let me clarify that. You know, two with the Buckeyes and one Jonathan Taylor. Hmm. Yeah. So, 
<laughs> well, well, some people are mentioning and Chase we'll, Young is a dark horse uh, is a dark horse Heisman candidate. So that would give the Buckeyes three if you count Fields, Dobbins, and and Young. Of course, you know Young Young's not going to win the Heisman. He's not going to even would be a finalist. But you know these midseason. Right, one, Go ahead, Zach, Chad. One thing too. Finally, that uh, Fields is finally getting some uh, national. Uh, Kudos. He was added uh, today to the uh, the Manning Award watch list for the best quarterback in the country. So yeah, good. He was added to that today. So it's finally starting to get a little bit of a, you know, some kudos out there, which is well deserved. Yeah, nice. I mean, you know, all of Field's biggest tests are biggest games are in front of him, and he will have his opportunities, as will Dobbins, to to you know, to pick up votes, to pick up consideration for all these postseason award uh, postseason awards for whatever they're worth. But I, I think in the end, you know, these guys will quit themselves well in all of those games. Um, are we ready to move on to Notre Dame, Michigan, guys? Or are there any other comments on Ohio State, Wisconsin? All right. Oh, I'm excited to talk about this game because uh, Timmy and uh, Sloaner's uh, wager they uh, got. Well, why don't we start with that? Let, let's start with that. So yeah. we have a wager. Uh, Matt, would you like to t- would you like to tell the listeners what the wager? <laughs> Yes, Tim was uh, dancing around and talking all leprechaun-y and green and gold this and <laughs> Irish that, and just to keep his vo- turn his volume on that station down a little bit, I told him I would bet him uh, Michigan versus Notre Dame. Going double enough, going double or nothing on the fantastic call he made last week of. Wisconsin versus Illinois, <laughs> which was a mid a mid second quarter call, as Chad pointed out last week, right? But still a good yeah, call nonetheless, yeah, I right? Mean, <laughs> yes, uh, I think yeah. it was early second quarter, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was two minutes and forty five seconds left in the quarter. So Can you Chad, early? <laughs> <laughs> was it uh, right after the commercial break into the second quarter? <laughs> All right, so uh, so. Uh, Chad, I'm going to defer to you on the line as our as our betting expert here. It is an even line, is that right? In this one, yes. Okay, great. So um, let's. Why don't I start with you? Give me your score prediction. Um, I'm going to say Michigan 27, Notre Ooh. Dame 24. Wow, you got you. Okay, you got Michigan. Think, why? Why I, do you Why do you see it that way? The reason I say that. I think Michigan, Michigan, I, I should say, um, <laughs> kind of turned the corner, and I think they found some uh, some offense last week that uh, they haven't had the first few games. So, Interesting. Okay. You know, a few mental errors, and they, I think they, you know, they would have won that game last week. But uh, so I think they've kind of turned the corner there a little bit. So in okay. Notre Dame, I mean, like they just, you know, I'm not impressed with Notre Dame. Okay. So I think Michigan wins the game. All right. Okay. 27-24 at home. You've got Jim Harbaugh getting his first top, what his what would this be his second win against a top 10 team? Yeah. Since he's come yeah. to Ann Arbor he's in five in seasons. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Tim, give us your prediction on this one. Um I don't really think this is even going to be a close game. I think there's rumors of Harbaugh getting fired. I don't think they play as a team. I mean, you're like, oh, well, they found some offense in the second half of the seventh game of the season. Well, way to go, guys. <laughs> um, I think, you know, 
I don't think they play like a team. I don't think they have toughness. I just, I think Michigan's awful. Um, on the flip side, I mean, look, I don't think all that much of Notre Dame either, but I do think that uh, they went down to Georgia, played them very tough, um, and they've, you know, they, they beat Virginia, and they, they beat USC, who's not ranked and is down, but they still have a lot of good players, uh, and they beat them on the road. Um, or no, sorry, that was at home. Uh, and so I just, I just think Notre Dame's the better team. I just think they have better coaching, and I think that it's do or die, really, for both of these teams. Um, and I think Harbaugh just doesn't get it done. I just don't think that he's got it in the tank to get it done. And so I see, I see this being like 34-20 Notre Dame. Wow, 34-20. Okay. All right. Matt, what's your counter to Mr. Gallagher's prediction? So let me be very clear about these two teams. I don't like either one of them, like not even a little. I don't like them a lot. In fact, these are, are one of sure? the te- these are one of the teams. <laughs> oh, I'm I, I'm feeling in my deep in my in my loins um, <laughs> uh, that they these are this is the type of game when I watch see it on the scoreboard. I'm just hoping that they both lose. Like they lose against each other because I hate their fan bases so much. Matter of fact, I think both their fan bases would actually wish that they could play each other like 14 times during the season and then fucking have a little circle. Well, maybe even parallel again. Like a parallel. Parallelogram. Jerk. They would try, they could mess up a circle jerk by trying to get it all fancy and shit. So anyhow, that aside, parallelogram jerk. Um, that it would be. Um, I think they'll pull it out because they play better at home. Twenty-seven twenty, Michigan. Twenty-seven twenty, Michigan. Okay. At uh, Jimmy, how do you see this one? All right. First of all, first of all, it's it's good to know that Sloaner Razor. Is a huge Michigan fan. Since our good buddy PBH is not on the line and our thoughts and prayers go out, um, I'm going to go with the PBH prediction. I'm going with 4 2 Notre Dame with a victory, and Harbor <laughs> will not. Even get you got three safeties in the game. <laughs> yes, I do. Nice. The whole game is going to be played between the yard, the goal line, and the five yard line. That's wow. All right. Mark it. Mark it. Mark it. So, so I just refreshed uh, the game cast on this uh, on ESPN.com, and Michigan is now. A one-point favorite for whatever that's worth, minus one. Uh, so that that's that a slaughter effect. The slaughter effect. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, okay, uh, Chad. Chad, I think it was you that was saying that you felt like you, th- you Michigan may have found something in the second half, uh, offensively with with that you know that that torrid comeback they had in, at in Happy Valley, but you know. I was thinking about that. I mean, this has been a trend. Michigan sh- showing up late to big games. They have to overcome a big deficit. 
and they either, you know, and they eventually run out of gas and end up losing that game. And if you go back, I actually went back and looked at the box score from last year's game uh, in South Bend between these two teams, and Michigan fell behind 21-3 in this game and, and fought back and made it close, but they ended up losing nonetheless. And it was the same story in Columbus. You know, two months later, they went down 24-7. They came out flat and had to overcome a big deficit. And they did, for, you know, with a little help from Ohio State, they closed the gap a little bit. But in the end, you know, they couldn't get it done. Same thing in their bowl game against Florida. Same thing this year in Madison against Wisconsin. They were losing that game 35-dick. They were losing last week against Penn State 21 to nothing. There's something missing here with this team, obviously. Harbaugh cannot connect with these kids emotionally. He cannot get them up emotionally for these games. They start out every one of these games flat. I don't know, and I know this game's in Ann Arbor, but I, I don't know why. I, I, there's no way I can bet on Michigan in this game. I just, the, 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 the big game failings and Harbaugh's inability to get them up for these, these big moments, there's just too much evidence. So I, I like Notre Dame in this one. I agree with Tim. I think the natives are restless in Ann Arbor, and and I think they're they're about fed up with with Harbaugh. And this is not unusual. You see these guys, they get you know they're they're able to get some things done at other stops, but then they they show up somewhere else, uh, you know, and their magic runs out. I mean, you kind of seen it with Chip Kelly right now at UCLA, right? I mean, these guys bounce around. They're successful at a few stops, but eventually, they kind of they run out of tricks. And I think that's what's happening here with Harbaugh. In Michigan, uh, I'm going to take Notre Dame 31-17 in this game. I I think um, I think they come in and they put a beat down on Michigan uh, in uh, in the Big House. Yeah, the other the other aspect that's out there too, and this could go. You could argue this either way, but the way I see it is Michigan's coming off a loss and Notre Dame's coming off a bye week. Mm-hmm. It's another and factor. I think that dynamic leads into it. Notre Dame is fresh. Michigan is wounded and i think it makes a difference i think notre dame's going to be ready i think michigan's been dealing with questions all week about harbaugh and Mm -hmm. he wrote i don't know if you guys saw but he wrote a letter and he i guess it was an i don't know if it was an email or a letter i think it was a letter that he signed and sent to every one of the players families basically saying you know i'm sticking around these rumors come out every year our enemies are doing this to us like it was a a typical weird harbaugh letter (laughs) and you know it just it it it, i don't i i think that game is over i think when he was weird in year one people thought well this is harbaugh and you know he's going to make it happen but when he's weird in year six and nothing's happened i mm-hmm. think that's a recipe for you're going to be gone soon did he quote winston churchill in that letter do you know did he did he sign that with a, a little quote from winston churchill because he said at halftime of the of the game last week that this will be our finest hour that's churchill right and i'm even yes. getting my yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but you know the bigger question is did he cancel practice to write that letter probably not so who gives a fuck <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. There's mounting evidence that this guy is just lost touch and does not know how to connect with with athletes at this level. And maybe he's a much better maybe he's much better suited to the NFL than he is college. But I just but cannot see how how does a, an 18-year-old kid from Detroit, an African-American kid from Detroit connect with this guy? He's such an oddball. 
And, and I think you're seeing that in these big games. These kids are not up for these games. They're not prepared for these games. I don't know if they're tuning this guy out. It's, it, there's some just troubling signs, if you're a Michigan fan, uh, with the way they're performing. And, and, and he's not getting through to these kids, as far as I can tell. But well, what do I know? Zach, what's troubling to me is no one's supporting my 4-2 prediction. <laughs> Four to two. <laughs> I love it. That's a bold call. Hey, you know, there's sorry. a lot. Go ahead, Matt. Mark it. There's there's like there's a lot of silent cheers cheering going on for you, Jimmy. I'm not going to ask you guys for predictions on this one, but there is another interesting game in the Big Ten, which is uh, Penn State visiting East Lansing to play Michigan State. And and I know Michigan State is you know they're they're not um, they're not your typical D'Antonio team from you know a few years ago. However, if you consider the schedule Penn State's had to play, you know Iowa at Iowa, you know the 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 slobberknocker last week against Michigan, and now they got to come to East Lansing. The Spartans are coming off a bye, if I'm not mistaken. That's a game to watch. Michigan's a, or sorry, Penn State's a six point favorite in that one. That's a game yeah, to keep an eye points, on. That seems very weird to me. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? 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 Are you, what's your take on that, Plumber? I would. I mean, that line says that uh, tells me that you know they think Michigan State's going to hang in that game. Yeah. For whatever reason, I don't see it. But I mean, I think everybody and the brothers going to be betting on Penn State on that. Probably the the bet is to take Michigan State the other side. Hmm. But you know, I, I mean, what? 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 Michigan does. Michigan State has no offense, man. Like I mean, I I don't know. I don't see it. But yeah, I could see it being close. But I tend to agree with you. I think probably I Penn State I, finds I mean, a way to to get yeah. out of there with a win. Uh, yeah. yeah, I I don't want Penn State to lose. I want them to be you know undefeated when they come into the shoe. Yep, that makes sense. And then we just embarrass them. <laughs> Fellas, do you guys have any, any other comments on uh, on the Penn State Michigan State game? I just thought I'd throw that in there for a little. Bonus, bonus round. No? All right. Well, hey, guys, listen. <laughs> Chad, you and, I can, we, you and I can talk about this offline, I guess. Um, hey, guys, listen, yeah. I, I know it's getting late on the, on the East Coast. Thanks for making the time. Why don't we go ahead and wrap it up, and then we will uh, we'll check back in on Sunday to, re- to recap Ohio State-Wisconsin. All right, go Bucks. Yeah, All right, go fellas. Go Bucks, and they, uh, Buckeye Nation put some prayers, uh, prayers out there for our boy, uh, Hey, am I required to be on on Sunday? Yeah, Jimmy, you got you're 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 back It'd in now. It'd be nice, Jimmy. Yeah, be nice. I mean, this is your idea to begin with. Be nice. <laughs> well, you know, considering Friday, uh, I started happy hour at four, and I was asleep at time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could do it early on Sunday if you like. You know. All right, fellas. Hey, listen. Thanks for making the time, and uh, I'll, I'll catch up with you on Sunday. All right, go Bucks. <laughs>